let's all stand together as we sing. There is truly joy in the house of the Lord this morning. Amen.
invite you to have a seat, and we're going to celebrate baptism together. Amen. Welcome in to Lindsay Lane Baptist Church. Good to see everybody this morning. If you are glad to be in the house of the Lord, say amen. Amen. Oh, I'm glad too. Every time we get to go in here, I'm excited and uh, always excited to start off a worship service uh, with baptism. And uh, we're, I hope you're excited too for that. This is Josephine Bright. Come on down, Josephine. Come on in. Josephine, her whole family's right here behind us. They're excited. You just have a seat right there. Church, if you are proud for Josephine and are for her, would you say amen? Amen. amen. Sounds to me like they're behind you, Josephine, so we're excited for you. Amen. Amen. That's right. Josephine, have you called upon the name of the Lord Jesus to save you? Amen. Well, based upon that profession of faith, I now baptize you as my sister in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Awesome. God is always working. Amen. I'd love to be a part of it. Lord, thank you so much for today. Thank you for each and every family, each and every person that is here today, Lord. Uh, we give you all glory and praise for what you are doing in the hearts and lives of people. Just pray today, God, you continue to do a work on us, Lord, as we fully and freely admit that we need you. We need you, Lord. And, Lord, for those of us who, who know you and have a right and real relationship today, Lord, may we sing out and worship, not just, not just sing, but truly worship you today, Lord, for who you are, for what you've done, and for what you will do. Lord, I, I thank you for the testimony of faith that was before us through Josephine and her family. We pray, oh God, for her next steps of discipleship. Lord, that you would help her to become a follower of Jesus who leads others to follow you. We thank you, O oh God, for just this time that we have. We thank you, Lord, for our guests and our visitors that are trying us out or just in town. Lord, we thank you for everything that's on the calendar. We thank you, Lord, for the local church that you put together and you are in charge of it. So today, Lord, we give you all honor, glory, and praise. And everybody said, Amen. Next several songs, I'm going to invite you to stand and sing with us. I don't want you to just sing them. I want you to realize and think, I am singing this to the Lord, directly to Him. Amen. You give life. Just you and Him. Center your mind on Him. You give life. You are love. You bring light to Your breath in our love. 
God is faithful. He was faithful in the past. He's faithful now. And he'll be faithful in your future. I know that he never fails. Let's sing this. I am holding on to faith. Because I know you make a way. And I don't always understand. And I don't always get to see. But I will believe it. I will believe it. Sing it to him. You make mountains move. You make giants fall. You use songs of praise. Troops in prison walls. And I will speak to my fears. I will preach to my doubt. That you were faithful in. You'll be faithful now. Amen. It is good to
Scripture says that God is faithful even when we're unfaithful. Thank God Almighty for who He is. You can take your Bibles, you can turn it into 1 Corinthians. You can start there and follow along with me to some other verses of Scripture, or you can follow on the screen. Last week we discussed our statement of purpose. Uh, really for the first time, being for the glory of God and the good of man, together for the glory of God and the good of man. And for the next three weeks, what I'd like to do is, is to share what our leadership believes should be the expectations of our church. We want to communicate with clarity today that if, if we will dedicate our lives to these things in following the Lord together in these ways, then we will be the church that God has in mind based on the principles of His Word. That if we will gather, group, and move together for the glory of God and the good of man, and if our hearts are right before God Almighty as we do it, 
We will, in fact, have church for God's glory and to help someone else. So the first thing we'd like for you to consider as we are teaching and preaching on at Lindsay Lane, what we would like for you to do is very simple. You're doing it right now. It's gather. We gather for the glory of God and the good of man. It may seem debatable here today, but going to church and belonging to a local church is an idea and a practice that is increasingly becoming less valued. Now, as you look across the, the sanctuary today, there's a lot of folks here. But there's also a lot of folks that ought to be here. And there's a lot of folks that need to be here. And as time passes by, there is, there is a, a seemingly less value on attending church and being a part of church. And that's not just my opinion. That is statistical fact. And it's not even just about church membership and belonging to the church as a member. Nowadays, even those who are committed church members are attending less often for all kinds of reasons relative to money and children and time and truly just family values. And I don't want you to take that personal unless it's personal. And we're not going to meddle in that, but I will say yesterday I got in the truck. It was early in the morning yesterday. I got in, I turned it on at Sports Talk Radio, and there was a guy on there that was talking about attending races, auto races, on a weekend. And it was a local radio show, and I could tell that by the way that they were talking and speaking. It sounded a lot like me, and, and they were talking about going to automobile, uh, automobile races. I don't even think I'm using the terminology correctly, as you can tell how much I go to those. But they were talking about racing, and they were saying, you know, man, I'll tell you what, the guy said, Sometimes you get into that race and stuff and you, and you don't get home till three or four in the morning on Saturday night. And hey, I tell you what, the preacher better have something good to say on Sunday morning when you come in after that. And I seriously thought to myself, why don't you get your tail in the bed <laughs> earlier than three or four in the morning so that way you'll be awake when I do have something to say. <laughs> I did. I wanted to call in to that guy. Let me tell you something. Me have something good to say. You lay your head on that pillow and be ready to go. <laughs> but what, it, what is that? What's the big Is it a big deal? Is this a big deal? Is gathering together and, and being here when we do and the times assigned, is, is that like a biblical thing? Is it a, is it a big deal for, for being a Christian? And is it a big deal for a, a church member? And I want to begin with the Scripture. I want us all to understand the Christian's relationship to, to other believers and what God is doing. Because in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13, as you're turning there, God is going to speak to the individual identity of a follower of Christ and how it relates to other believers. And the scripture says in 1 Corinthians 12, 13, some of us are Jews and some of us are Gentiles. Some are slaves and some are free. Different situations, different backgrounds, different circumstances. And then the scripture says this. But we have all been baptized into one body. By one spirit. And we all share the same spirit. We've all been baptized by the Holy Spirit of God into the body of Christ. The Bible teaches that when we acknowledge Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we follow Him as God. When we repent of our sin and believe that Jesus is the way, when we become a Christian, the Bible says that the Spirit of God is drawing us into fellowship with Jesus and with 
the body of Christ. The body, y'all, is the church. The body of Christ is the church. It's independent members, you and me, believers, hands and feet of Jesus, with Jesus being the authority. He is the head of the body. And the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 12, 27, to the universal church, which is everybody that believes, no matter where they are, but also to the local church, because it's written to one in 1 Corinthians, it says, all of you together are Christ's body. And each of you together is a part of it. Together is what it says. Understand this. The church is not an organization. The church is an organism. The church is the living, the living structure of Jesus made up of saved people who live and believe in Jesus and who follow Jesus. Together, we are the independent parts of his body, hands and feet, mouthpieces at times, and we are working together for the glory of God and the good of man as Jesus is the head of this body. That's a biblical basis of church. August is here. School is starting back. And depending on what age and grade you're in, children are ready to go back to school and some don't want to look at it ever again. But it's August and it's school nonetheless and it's back in action. And students are receiving schedules. They get class scheduled. This is where you go. If you, once you get into the middle school and, the, and the, the senior high and all of this, you are getting a schedule. This tells you where to be at what time. You are to be in this class at this time as decided by and valued by the administrators. By the authority. Now, you tell me, is that important to the administrator that each student go to the designated classroom? Obviously, it's something that not only they are working on, but something that is the plan for progress and something that they value for the forward movement of the student. So when they're working on that schedule and give that student that schedule, they want them to be in that class so that they will receive that education. It's part of the plan. It's part of the effort. It's best for the student. So yes, I would say that being there and being engaged is important. I'm going to educate you, but you've got to get yourself into that classroom so that the education can begin. Now, as we connect that to church, let me ask this question. Is dedicated engagement with the local church something that is a big deal? Well, if the Holy Spirit of God is working to take you, Christian, into the body of Christ, then absolutely right, it's a big deal. That's what the Spirit of God is working on. As you turn back and look once again into 1 Corinthians, we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit. There's a reason why when you talk to people about, how, hey, where do you go to church? And they're a Christian and they begin to do something like this. Well, we don't go like we should. Why do they respond that way? Seriously, why, why is there a, a dropping of head? Why is there a shaking like this? Is it cultural expectation? It could be. But God's Spirit is working on you to get you in church. That's why there's this, this feeling of, I know I need to be around the body of Christ. I know I need to be in front of preaching and teaching of the Word of God. I know I need to be involved in service and ministry. And that's not coming from the preacher because you're not here to hear it. It's coming from the Holy Spirit of God. In the Scriptures... When people started getting saved in church history, when people started really getting saved, the gospel, good news was being preached, they started getting together. 
as purposed by God for the different people from different walks of life with different issues, amen, with all of us with different issues, they all were saved now and coming together as the body of Christ. They were living and moving under the direction of the Lord Jesus and the teaching of the apostles. The early church grew dramatically. I mean, we're, t- we're talking thousands that were responding. Billy Graham-type revival Christians. And they are, are flocking to the good news and confessing their faith. And then to think about that is crazy because I know it at here, there, there's times here when, man, you, you get it plugged in, you enjoy being a part of the larger body that's something bigger than yourself and for the glory of God. At Lindsay Lane East, there were times when people are like, we like... You know, we like other churches, but we want a small church. And I was like, well, y'all, I'm glad to hear that, but the plan ain't to stay small. Because as I see it, churches are to reach people. So it should grow. It shouldn't just stay in there and close the doors and hope people come and see you if they really try it out and fit in. It should be a reaching out kind of deal. And as the gospel was being preached, the early church began to grow by the thousands. And even by the thousands in Jerusalem, the Scripture teaches that they gathered together, and the Bible says in the book of Acts in two different places, they met in one place. Thousands of them met in one place for worship. And then the New Testament speaks of of this large temple in Jerusalem for worship, and then the smaller groups began to meet in homes, and those homes became local churches, and they would meet there for the Lord's Supper, and they would meet there for fellowship. And as the churches grew... And towns became locations of churches and homes became locations of churches. Those homes began to be too small for what would hold the gospel. And so they built bigger places that would accommodate the growing numbers. And as the people of God began to gather together, they would get together on the first day of the week to celebrate the resurrected Christ and King who gave them hope of eternal life. And then they would get together for teaching and preaching and the Lord's Supper and singing and giving and prayer. It's all there in Acts, 1 Corinthians, and Acts again. If you look there in the Scripture. And then to these local churches that God was putting together by the power of His Spirit to unify the body under His Lordship, then to these local churches He gave leaders to provide oversight and direction. Y'all, this is why we do what we do. This is why you are here today. This is called ecclesiology, the doctrine of the church. Ecclesia is found over and over in the New Testament, mostly referring to local churches as it is found in the epistles, in the letters that are written to the churches. That word, Ecclesia, is found there over and over. And it means called out believers in Jesus. Called out of the world, called out of their sin, and into the body of Christ by the grace and forgiveness of Jesus. So let me make this plain. Here is a biblical summary relative to the gathering. We are called out from the world to come in to the church for the purpose of lifting up and sending out. We are called out from the world to come into the church for the purpose of lifting up and sending out. And Today we're going to talk about lifting up and sending out. First of all, we're, we're called to lift up praise. Lord, would you take us the rest of the way? We pray together. One mind, one spirit, one purpose. God, as we bow our heads, we close our eyes to focus on you. We ask, O God, from our heart and our mind to you, O Lord, that you would please teach us today why it's important, the things that we do, what we need to do more of, 
how we need to take it when we are here. Lord, that you would teach us how to be a Christian. In Jesus' name, amen. Called out from the world to come into the church to lift up and send out. To lift up praise is the first thing. To, we, we've sang today. Now, I don't know whether you praise God or not today. You may have sang without praising God. You can do that. And that depends on the attitude of your heart. But the church who is grateful and thankful and have salvation, those who are called out from the world and from their sins, should come together to lift up praise. In fact, the Bible says in Psalm 34, 3, Come, let us tell of the Lord's greatness. Let us exalt His name together. Everybody. Together. Together we should come and lift our voices corporately. Can you do this individually? You absolutely can. But the Bible is encouraging you and leading you to come together. By the Spirit of, God, Spirit of God's draw, if, if the Lord's glory, as we've looked at in recent weeks, if the Lord's glory is so much so that the world should speak of it, so much so that the world should recognize His worth, then surely the church will lead the way when it comes to giving God the glory He deserves. So, so if, if God's glory is so much that the world should acknowledge it, the church should be the one to show them how. We should be found faithful when it comes to getting together to lift up praises to God our King. The, the one that gave everything, who did not have to be with us, that because of His holiness, He, made, he had made a way for us to be saved and forgiven and have prayer that God hears and answers and comforts and gives mercy. This is the God that we come in and we sing about. And y'all, we're familiar with this. We're familiar with acknowledging and celebrating specialties. We're familiar with acknowledging and celebrating special people. And in a manner, this is not that's, it's, this is a manner that's not unfamiliar to us. I read this illustration this week. We gather together all the time to honor people for birthdays. And graduations and anniversaries. And when we're there, what do we do? We sing to them. And when we're there, what do we do? We, we take the microphone and we say special things about them. And we, and we testify to who they are and what they mean to us. We speak and, and, and we're intentional to, to give them honor and praise. That's what all of us do. Now let me ask you a question. How many of you attend one out of every four of your kids' birthday parties? My Lord. How many of you attend one out of every four of your parents' anniversary celebrations? Well, that's once a year. Yeah, people ain't God, though, either. You see, if your response to that is, well, that's once a year when we get together to celebrate them, your value of God needs jacking up. It's low. Your kids did not die for your sins. Your parents, as much as we love our families, they cannot make a way for your eternal life. They can push you towards purpose, but God can give it. They don't declare you forgiven. You see, we're talking about a difference between people and God here. So when I ask the question of, do you attend one out of every four kids' birthday? Y'all, the truth is, that would be unthinkable for us. Unthinkable. It'd be crazy for us to think that we would miss somebody that we love, a celebration for them. Now, there are certain circumstances in here today why people are not here because they cannot be. But if they can be, they would. 
And so it's the same way when we think about these, these honoring uh, of others. Again, yeah, it's just, just once a year, but you get, yeah, God and people, not the same thing. And, and when comparing these to special events, like when we compare lifting up the Lord to special events, the truth is when it comes to our kid's birthday or it comes to a graduation ceremony or it comes to a parent's anniversary or whatever it is special that we've been to recently or that we're going to today even, we'd move heaven and earth to be there. Why? Because it's what we value. And because we love them and they love us. Y'all, let's just share, let's just share this conviction we're all getting today. Amen. Let it be a shared conviction between all of us as God teaches us who the church should be. As a church, we gather together twice a week here. I'm just telling you who we are. We gather together twice a week. We're here on Sunday mornings for praise and worship. We're here on Wednesday nights to to gather, group, and move. We have things going on here twice a week. That ain't but three or four hours a week, y'all. If I can just preach for a minute. It ain't but a few hours a week to lift up praise and to learn from and to serve God, the God who's made a way for us to have heaven for eternity. We can give them a few hours a week, if I'm just being honest. And if we can, we should. Sometimes it's, it's almost like I feel bad for preaching it this way, but I don't even know what else to do. And, and most of us are here, and, but there's a difference between being here and being engaged. And y'all, our kids are going to know the difference between what we're committed to and what we're not. They're not going to buy it. When they get older and we want them to get in church, they're going to say, why didn't you get us in church? Because that's what adults do. Because that's what I hear from adults. Would you please pray for them so that they would come back to the Lord. Now I'm not speaking to those of you that were faithful and you've got a child that's wandering away. But I'm speaking to the overwhelming statistics. That show us that commitment to the local church is wavering. I'm not going to make it to one out of every four of my kids' birthday parties. I'm going to beat every one of them. And those anniversary celebrations and graduations, those folks that mean so much to me and me to them, I'm going to try to be at everyone that I can move heaven and earth to make it happen. And of course there's grace when you can't make it. And there's other reasons why and all these things, but you, you know what I'm driving at today. If, if we, our, our, our value of God must not drop. I don't care what year it is. I don't care what's going on. As the scripture stands forever, he is putting us together by the spirit of God for the glory of God and the good of man. And let me tell you what else happens. In Acts chapter 4, Peter and John had just been arrested for preaching the gospel. And then God freed them because God had done a work and he had, he had seen persecution to those who were his but he had just healed someone before that and the crowds were seeing the, the glory of God, the miraculous work that could not be denied. So rather than punish Peter and John, he let them go to appease the crowds. And, and once they released, it says that they returned to the other believers. They all came back together again. And the report of what happened, it says, they lifted their voices together in prayer to God. So something had happened, they all get back together, they lift their voices, and then the scripture says they went on to acknowledge and praise Him, O Sovereign Lord, Creator of heaven and earth. And after all, they prayed and praised together. This is what the Bible says in chapter 4, verse 31 of Acts 4. After this prayer, the meeting place shook, and they were all filled 
with the Holy Spirit. And then they preached the word of God with boldness. Lord, I would love for this place to shake one day. Where we are so enamored with God. And praise Him so much with our hearts. And we're not dragging our own sin in here. But we've come to give God celebration for who He is. That He would shake the place and fill this local body with His Holy Spirit to go out and preach the Word to our people that we love, to our family, to our friends, to our neighbors. And when we see a challenge like neighborhood cookouts, it won't freak us out because we're so prayed up, we're ready to go. We're so prayed up and filled up with the Spirit of God that we would go and we would knock on the door because God had sent us and we care about them. And here's another reason that we would come in and to lift up the Lord together. When they lift up praise and worship together, there was a not indwelling presence of God because they already had that. There was a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit in their life. A fresh filling, a, a fill my cup kind of experience. That they, the Spirit of God then sent them out. This is what happens when we come together. It's not the only time in Scripture where you see a fresh filling of God's Holy Spirit. But what we see in Acts chapter 4 is them praying together and thanking God together and getting ready to go out together. And the Spirit of God fills them up as the church. They're not just attending, I promise you that. Corporate prayer and praise connect the power of God and the people of God for the work of the ministry and to navigate this life. Y'all, we will need, and I will start with saying myself, I need a fresh filling of God's Holy Spirit again and again and again and again and again. 52 times a year on Sunday. In between all those weeks and even outside of that, I need a fresh filling of God's Holy Spirit so that I'll think about the things that God thinks about. So that I'll care about the things that God cares about. Y'all, church is not the only way that this can happen. I want you to understand that. I want you to understand that attending church is not the only thing that God values or the only way that His Spirit can fill you. But it's a, it's a gathering of God's people and it's definitely a biblical way that this can happen. And this is something that the Bible says we're to maintain for ourselves. Well, what do you mean by that? Ephesians chapter 5 verses 18 and 19. Ephesians 5, 18 and 19 says, Don't be drunk with wine. Blanket statement, special instruction. Because it's talking about where your mind is at. Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Watch this part. Be filled, which is instruction to us to be responsible for how we can be filled, even though we're not responsible for the filling. It says, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your hearts. So when the people of God get together with the Word of God and the Spirit of God is present and they're all coming together in the assembly, there will be a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit of God that will then send us out into ministry. Listen, I... I can feel the heaviness in the room. I can sense how this is like a blanket sometimes and we consider ourselves and, and we should and I should. And not just about being here but why I'm here. And not just about, about being here but, but 
if, if, I am, if I am a right and real follower of Jesus Christ and I see in the Scripture that His church gets together, it should be something that I know and I value and everybody else knows it too and they don't even have to question it. All right. Secondly, we come in to lift up one another. To lift up one another. Lift up praise, yes. Lift up one another. I read in an article last week from a Christian leader I pay attention to. He suggested that one of the reasons people attend church less often is relative to our access to everything. Our access to everything. I want you to think about it with me. He brings this out in the article. He said, when we have symptoms of sickness, what do we do? We don't go immediately to the doctor. We get on WebMD. Or we ask somebody, what do I have? What is this? Now, when we want to purchase a car, what do we do? Do we go driving around looking? No, we Google cars near me. So in fact, the article, what's he, what he's bringing out is it's self-directed. We're taking it upon ourselves to do the legwork, to do the research, to understand and, to be, and, and for us to lead ourselves into truth. Well, the same is true for spiritual life. There are sermons online from the best preachers around the world. You don't have to come here to hear a sermon. There are, are teaching videos from the best resources that we can swipe our finger at. There is discipleship podcast that we can check out while we work out. Like this is what we have to ourselves. And, and this is a, a good thing because not only can we take that in for ourselves, but we can share it with others. By the click of a button on our phone, I can send you a sermon that God would use to change your life. And that's awesome. I, I want to add that while I am thankful to all of this access myself, and parents, I hope you're listening right now. While I am thankful for, for all of this access that we have, I'm grounded enough to know who I should listen to and who I shouldn't. Y'all hearing that? Just because it's a sermon doesn't mean it's grounded in biblical truth. Somebody may be tickling the ears or massaging the shoulders of your college and young single or your high school kid. So I'm, I, while I can take all that in during the week, I'm grounded enough to know what I can and can't listen to. And, and the same leader, look, the same leader that wrote this article said this, more and more people are self-directing spirituality. Then he said, for better or for worse. So I don't, I don't want you to hear me wrong. I am not downplaying the incredible resources that we have at our practice in today's time because I'm thankful that we can minister through live stream, through virtual, that we had people in our group just a second ago that were watching our group, that were serving in security, watching our group on Facebook Live. That's awesome. And I know there are people today that, that are either sick or they're traveling, they're watching us. I'm, and I'm thankful for all those things. We'd be foolish not to acknowledge the resources that God has given us to, to spend time in His Word and to be connected to the church. But just as much as we should not dismiss technology, we should also not dismiss what's written in God's Word about us getting together, y'all. You see, both of those things are important. God simply and seriously intends for His people to be together for the purpose of lifting one another up. This is where we come in and we start thinking about somebody besides ourselves. In Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 and 25, this is a familiar passage, but let's go ahead and get it. Hebrews 10, 24 and 25, the Bible says, Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, 
But encourage one another, especially now that the day of His return is drawing near. These verses of Scripture are written in the context of quitting. The the church was, was under persecution. They were being picked on and they were being beat on. Serious persecution. And some had believed, even to the point, some had believed that a a return to Levitical law would be better. To put ourselves underneath the bondage of law. Let's go back to that cultural norm. It would be better for us socially. We would avoid physical persecution. In other words, they were considering a return to the culture. People in the church considering a return to going back to their old ways. This is why the Bible says in verse 35, So don't throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Remember the great reward it brings you. If there's somebody here today that you've been thinking about trying something else on, there's a pull from the world to get you out of church and out of fellowship with God and everybody else. You should know that you've got a reward coming. So don't quit. Don't give up. It's okay to talk about the reward because God's given it. You've got a reward coming from God of His presence and of heaven and eternal life. Don't give up. And so this is written in the context of quitting. And because every Christian is not the only Christian, and because of the values of Christianity, and because every Christian has difficult days and difficult seasons, everybody in here has pains and problems and a past, and everybody in here has room to grow and mature, God's Word instructs us as clear as day. As clear as day. Get together and help one another. Get together and help one another. Now, that's, that responsibility is both and. Get yourself here so somebody can help you. Get yourself here so you can help somebody else. Students, let me talk to you for just a second. We got teenagers in here. It's so preference-driven. Our, our, our whole life is so preference-driven. I'm only going to go there if it checks every box of my preference. What about helping other, other people? Is that part of your preference? Is that part of what we do? Did, we, did any of us come here today with the thought of, I'm going to sit here and see who I can encourage? Most of the time, it's just, I want to hear him talk. We like singing the songs we want to sing. Some of you are thinking, I don't even like hearing him talk. But, but we want to do it how we want to do it. And what God is saying is, don't neglect the meeting together because y'all need one another. I've set this up. So that if you're feeling low, somebody can lift you up. First, the the scripture says, think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. To minister to someone for the purpose of their forward movement. Can I ask you today, who in your church family, I didn't say your immediate family. Did y'all hear that? That's easy to do. Who in your church family is on your mind to motivate? Who is on your mind to motivate in this body of believers? Well, I don't know anybody. Well, it's time to get to know somebody. Nobody knows me. Well, it's time to get to know somebody. Who who in this body of believers is on our mind to motivate one another to acts of love and good works? Did you know that God may use you, Christian, in this local body of believers to make a difference in the life to somebody that they may not quit because of you? They may not go back to the culture that God saved them from because you're walking with them. And that's what God would have His church to do. 
Not neglect our meeting together because we got work to do to motivate one another to acts of love, to keep everybody focused. The second instruction, the scripture says, encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Jesus is, is coming back. Jesus is, is not going to abandon you. He's not going to leave you or forsake you. There's going to be time where all this crying and persecution and hard time goes away. So don't quit. Let me encourage you today because things will come that will be better because I know the God who wrote the story and so do you. Every little thing is going to be all right. I mean, like, we need people to tell us that. People of like-minded faith to come alongside of us and encourage us and hold us up when we feel like falling down. Who in your church family are you coming alongside to say, don't give up? So between our minds to motivate and encourage one another, between the scripture where it says motivate and encourage is this, and let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do. Some people do. I just want to be found without excuse before God that I told you. And you have to be engaged to lift everybody up. You have to be engaged to lift one another up. You've got to get by the stuff where they're like, nobody even talked to me. Well, did you talk to them? You've got to get by that stuff. You've got to go to a group, and if it's not the one for you, you can't say, well, let's just skip on down the road. No, you need to go to another group. You need to go to more than one thing. You need to quit feeling sorry for yourself that nobody is taking you under their arm when you've been a Christian for 30 years, and it's time for you to do something about that. For someone else. You have to be engaged to lift one another up. Hard to motivate and engage people when you don't know them and they don't know you. This is not judgment. This is an exhortation to move. If it doesn't apply to you, then let it roll on by. Let me speak from experience just for a moment. When I was a teenager, we had a revival at the church where I grew up. And there was a pastor who preached all week long, preached the stars down. He was great. At the end of every message, you just shared the gospel. We were there all week long. It was a small church. And as a small church is, all week long, we had become familiar not only with everybody else, we already knew everybody anyway. And that's something that I would preach to a small church. If you already know everybody in there, it's time to get somebody else in so you can minister to them too. But we, everybody, we knew everybody in there. And even the, the, the pastor that was preaching revival and the choir that came with him to sing, we all got to know one another. And at the end of the week, the very last night, the pastor intentionally walked up to me and stood before me. And he said three words I've never forgotten. He said just like this. He said, you're a leader. Now, he said some stuff after that. I have no idea what he said after that. What listening? Probably. He said, you're a leader. I can take you to the spot where he told me. God has used that in my life over and over since I was a teenager. Can I tell you something about that? I sure sure didn't feel like a leader. I was a teenager. And when you're a teenager, most of the time, even when you're in the faith, there's some wavering going on. Truth is, I was at revival that night. Was I saved? Absolutely. I sure was. Did I come of my own volition? Truth is, I can't tell you whether I did or not. All I know is my mom and daddy told me to get in a truck. That'll preach too sometimes. 
Just get in the truck, I'll tell you where we're going. And so he came up to me and he shared that with me and I have never forgotten it. And over and over again, I thank the Lord for God using people to speak into my life in the gathering where he meant for that to happen. Come together and don't let it get away from you so that you can motivate one another to good works. And this week, I'm going to find him and if he's still living, I'm going to call him and I'm going to say, look what the Lord has done, Pastor. He used you in a revival at the end of the week because I was already saved. He used you to motivate me to stay in it and not go back to the culture so that God could do a good work in my life. Man, I'm thankful for that. Y'all, I'm thankful for the moments that God puts together. You've got moments that in your life that have happened. And Lindsay Lane, you've got moments like that to come. Where God would use you in this place. I've seen it happen many times where you walk over and say, how are you doing? And people just start crying. Because you asked. Because God knew that that day that they would need somebody to put their arm around them and walk through life with them. But if we neglect our meeting together, that conversation never happens. Finally, to lift up praise, to lift up one another, and to send out influence. Did you notice in Acts chapter 4 and Hebrews chapter 11, the gatherings to lift up the name of Jesus, to lift up the spirits of church family, they have forward movement and ministry in mind. Acts chapter 4, they preached the word of God with boldness. They came together. God filled them fresh and new. Don't stop listening. Don't stop listening. They filled them fresh and new with God's spirit. And God then sent them out. Hebrews chapter 11, they were to motivate others towards acts of love. That's in Hebrews. To motivate others towards acts of love and good works. And then in Matthew chapter 5 verse 1. In Matthew chapter 5 verse 1, the Bible says, One day he saw the crowds gathering. And Jesus went up to the mountainside and sat down. His disciples gathered around him and he began to teach them and Jesus while his disciples and the crowds were gathered in verses 13 through 16 this is what he taught them you are the salt of the earth you are the light of the world in fact what he's telling them is you that are here on the inside are to go and make a difference on the outside your salt and your light let your good deeds the Bible says in Matthew 5 16 let your good deeds shine out out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly father now did you notice that let your good deeds shine out for light to shine where the darkness is for salt to be where the food is where there's preservation that's needed let it get out of that salt shaker and and go out and be the light so for for what reason so that everyone will praise your heavenly father. Why did I say that God called us out of the world to come into the church? To lift up praise to start with. So when God cycles you through, he's going to get somebody else that will also give him praise, thus reaching the world. It's cyclical. Did you see the end result, 16? So that everyone will praise your heavenly father. We are called out to come in, to lift up, and to send out others who will then be called out to come in, to lift up, and to send out others who will then be called out to come in, to lift up, and to send out others. This is God's plan. If you are in Christ, you are a part of it. You better get going. Church said amen. Listen, I realize that this whole preaching and teaching 
does not touch everybody's situation. Some of you are driving a long ways to get here already. Some of you got work, things like that. It can't be helped, can't be moved. It's, it's my job to make sure we all acknowledge that if we give other things priority that can be helped, we need to get back in line. I just don't know that I'll ever stop preaching that. And if in fact I do, then those people that hold me accountable will come and see me. Salt makes a difference. Light makes a difference. Here we, we bring in a few days worth of bland purpose and even dark regrets. And as God's Spirit fills the gathering, we go back out as salt and light. See, I want you to understand, though, this is not a cycle of self and sin. It's a cycle of sending. Are, are you involved and engaged? Is this an ongoing process of discipleship and outreach and missions? And Once again, at a meeting following the death of Christ, Jesus appeared and said to his disciples, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. Some of us don't know if we're on that track to be sent out or not because we didn't know that was part of it. And that's part of the discipleship. So, y'all, we get together here Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights. If this is your church, I'm telling you when the gathering is. I'm not telling you that you are a good Christian or not and all these things. I, I wish I'd have put this in here because I saw this at the beginning of the week. But Tony Evans said, you don't have to go to church to be a Christian. And that's exactly right. It's exactly right because you're saved by the blood of Jesus alone. But then he alluded to the fact, though, that if you are in a relationship with your spouse, you stay gone from that home long enough, see how your relationship works out. That's good, ain't it? Wish I came up with it. I'd be glad to borrow it from him and share it with you. I love seeing y'all. Every time we get together, and I know we are here on purpose, and I know that God would send us out to bring more people in, to lift up and to send back out. Let's stand to our feet. As you are standing this morning and you're considering what your next step is, I want you to consider this. Would you consider joining this church? Would you consider being a part of what we do next, of, of going out and being lifted up and lifting up others? Would you consider joining this church? And then uh, even before that, I, I would ask you to consider this, that if we are the body of Christ and Jesus is the authority is Jesus your Savior and Lord? Is it personal to you? Is God somebody that, that you believe that exists, or is, is He your Lord and Savior? Have you called upon the name of Jesus that has lived and died and paid the price for your sins so that you might have everlasting life? We'd love to answer your questions about that. You saw baptism this morning. Would you, would you be baptized? Is that a next step you need to take? Lord, as we are considering ourselves and we are considering you, May what you value be above what we think. May what you value, may your word be above any of our opinions. Lord, that we would see the value of the gathering that you've purposed to be the hands and feet of Jesus. It's my prayer today, O oh God, that practically we take whatever next step we need to take. Spiritually, O oh God, that we would hang on to the truth you've revealed to us today. As we open up this altar, as we pray and know, oh God, that preaching on the gathering probably didn't minister to every single need, but I know your spirit does the work. And God, this altar is open for people that are hurting. 
that need this church, that need to hear from you. Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to share your truth. I pray that the next steps begin with me, that I would lead the way in this. In Jesus' name, amen. This altar is open for you.
Amen. If you'd be seated just for a moment, we got a video we want to show you about our next uh, move out night that's coming up Wednesday night. We hope you can all be a part of that. Uh, once again, the invitation is, is not over once the service ends. Uh, I'll be out through those double doors right there, and our pastors are here want to help you, all right? Hello, Lindsay Lane. It's Stacy Wolf here again to let you know about our next move out opportunity. On Wednesday, August 11th, we will be moving out and praying within our community. With so much hurt, pain, and changes all around us, we want to cover our community and its people in prayer. We will divide up and go to places like the local board of education offices, the local sheriff and police departments, fire departments, the courthouse square, the Athens Limestone Hospital, the Limestone Baptist Association, the Family Resource Center, LCCI, and the Women's Resource Center. These organizations and ministry heavily influence our community and are some of the existing ministry partners of our church. Will you join us on Wednesday for this special opportunity? Prayer is a powerful tool, and we want to unite and come together as a church and cover our community in prayer. Come and join us as we move out. Thank you, Stacy. Again, that will be this Wednesday night at 6.30. Just meet in here, and then we'll have some direction uh, for you on what that night will look like. Um, some of you have not picked up your Point Mallard tickets uh, yet. That Point Mallard event, Family Night, is tonight. Um, you can pick those up in the gathering space right there in front of the map. If you will, there should be a long line, and just wrap that line back down this hall uh, to alleviate some congestion for folks who've already got their tickets and may want to pick up their children out of the children's building. Um, also, if you had a uh, opportunity to fill out this connect card it's in your bulletin uh, you can drop it in our brand spanking new tithe and offerings and connect card kiosk uh, those are right outside any door those white buckets have disappeared we've seen some of you eyeballing those as you were leaving and specifically some of you teenage boys. And so um, to alleviate some of that and for privacy and personal reasons, we have those nice uh, safe uh, boxes on the way out. So you can just slide those uh, in that slot there, those connect cards. If you've got any kind of prayer requests, some of those are private as well. Uh, you can just fold that up and slide those in there with your tithes and offerings as you leave today. Um, lastly, our uh, new members class, uh, Lindsay Lane 101, will be coming up at the end of this month. Please make sure you RSVP for that event we would love to feed you and your family and that'll be coming up again at the end of august uh, we're going to ask our pastor to come uh, back up at this time andy john we're going to uh, commission um, all of our educators support staff um, that's also in public school private school home school and any of you who are um, um, involved in any way in education uh, would you please stand and pastor andy john is going to pray of you as we uh, leave and dismiss today so that's a lot of you Go ahead. Homeschool teachers, private school teachers, public school teachers, support staff, bus drivers, lunchroom workers, um, MMO, all kinds of things that are, uh, we are so proud that you are going out in our community. Uh, the public school system, I know, is one of the biggest mission fields in our country, and we are so thankful for you, but you, uh, whether it's that pri uh, private school or homeschoolers as well, we are so thankful for you and you educators uh, here in our congregation, and we just want to commission you today, Pastor. Thank you. I know our, uh, yeah, you can go ahead and clap for them now. That's good. Yeah. Thank you. I know, if you'll stay standing for just a second, I know our Christian Academy began last week, uh, and the ministry of our church just started on, on Thursday of last week, 
and uh, Limestone County started. Athens City starts this week. And, and truthfully, uh, the, the, the teachers and administrators, support staff, headmasters, whatever the titles are, um, they, they have such an incredible opportunity and responsibility each and every day. Uh, sometimes they are together with our kids more during the day than even the parents are. And uh, they have a tremendous opportunity to, to be on mission for Christ, to be the light of the world in those classrooms, in those homes. Uh, and so we, uh, we want to pray over you today and thank you for what you do. And uh, let, me, let me do that now. Lord, I, I thank you, O oh God, for our principals, teachers, leaders. I thank you, O oh Lord, for the ministry uh, that is education. Lord, for these are uh, just pictures of salt and light that will leave out of the comforts of their home and go into the mission field, uh, into the classrooms, and uh, for some even into the living rooms. Lord, I just pray, O oh God, that you would give them your favor as you seek to bring glory, as they bring glory to you and good to others. Lord, I pray that you would uh, guard them from skepticism. Lord, guard them from bitterness. Give them endurance and patience. Lord, would you give them uh, peace in knowing that you are uh, calling them to minister wherever they are. Lord, we pray for our children, our students that are going to school, and uh, Lord, that they are... Uh, being influenced by so many different things. And I pray, O oh Lord, over these that are here in our local church, Lord, that you would use them uh, to point the way to you. Lord, we thank you, O oh God, for, for those that minister here, there, and everywhere. And we just pray that you would continue to keep them healthy and safe and give them a great year of education. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You're dismissed.